0: welcome to another episode of the source material comics podcast i am Jesse starcher and it's uh, hey chickity chick chick chickity chick 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 that is squirrel language apparently uh, <laughs> uh we, that's my best I can't impersonation you just said that uh. <laughs> uh so squirrel girl has finally got her due here on the source material comics podcast it's been a long time coming too because i know i have uh at least wanted to talk about squirrel girl for quite a while but we've had a couple people that have guested on the podcast before that have said count me in whenever that happens. And one of those people is Evan Bevins. You could probably hear him talking about Squirrel Girl and just about every other comic book show that we've had a, him guest on. So, Evan Bevins, are you finally ready to talk about Squirrel Girl?
1: I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm always ready, willing, and able to talk about Squirrel Girl.
0: I know it. I know it. Uh, and then another person that's definitely said they wanted in on this. They came right to the top of my mind as soon as I realized we were going to be talking volume one of Doreen Green's adventures. That's Cole Marintet. Cole Marentette, Doreen Green, are you ready to talk squirrel girl?
2: I am so ready. I have. I was born ready for this. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Uh, this is actually one of those characters that was born in the 90s, came out in the 90s, you know. I'm looking at the creative team on the first appearance, right. so I assume what we got here, Steve Steve Ditko's plot pencils and inks. So my assumption is Steve Ditko is the man behind Squirrel Gore. Am I right? Am I right there, Evan?
1: Yes. Yeah, but uh Will Murray co- co-wrote it. Um he he's also credited as her creator and came back for one of the anniversary issues.
0: Okay. All right. You know, she's been around since I think the this first appearance dropped in Marvel Superheroes Volume 2 number 8. The cover dates January of 1992 if I remember right. This is a quarterly publishing. Like it was once every 3 months. Am I right there? Uh I think like so. it
1: was Seasonal. Season. Um, yeah, this was the Marvel superheroes winter special. So this is every four months.
0: Well, okay, I guess we'll, we'll start with you, Evan. Take yourself back to 1991, 1992. Did you know about Squirrel Girl then?
1: I did. Uh, I actually, uh, if memory serves, I was given this issue by my stepdad uh, when I was in the hospital after about a food poisoning.
0: Oh, no. Pretty memorable. Yeah, nope. yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, I was like, ooh, the X Men in Australia. And, okay, there's Iron Man. And you start flipping through, and here is just this weird story with this weird character. <laughs> right. and uh it's like, oh my gosh! And she beat Doctor Doom. Oh, I sorry. Know. Spoiler alert. Uh, wow, well,
0: that's, that's. I know we fun. haven't
1: gotten gotten to the summary yet, but uh, she she stuck in my head for for quite a while. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Cole, I I just went on a rant there probably about three or four days ago about how all these great things happened in 1992. 1992 for you, sir. What? I mean, I know you're you're a little bit younger than I am, if I remember correctly. But uh, are you picking this issue up uh, uh, when it, when it's hitting the shelves, or, or what happened? with this first appearance, Marvel Super Heroes 8?
2: I was actually not hip to the first appearance of Squirrel Girl. I was a little young. I was, what, I would have been seven years old? Okay. The only comics I remember having at the time were, like, just some random issues of Spider-Man and X-Factor. Okay. Um, right. But I didn't get in on the ground floor of Squirrel Girl, but I'm a sucker for obscure characters. I found her as time went on, and I then went back and read this issue and fell in love.
0: When would you say that you first uh, found... Doreen Green.
2: Oh, it was probably around 2000 right around New Avengers. Uh, I want to okay. say.
0: Okay. All right. Now, is this Great Lakes Avengers stuff that's going on or what? what's happening
2: at, at that point? No, actually, they brought Squirrel Girl into New Avengers um, okay. to be Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's nanny. Ah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And that's where that's where I first ran into the character and then I was like, this character is interesting. They seem to be doing something with her. Let me see what her history is. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I went all the way back and started at the beginning. And like I said, fell in love. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of love for this character. Uh, You know,
0: there's probably about three or four other people. Us guys know that associate with the network, uh, the Vandalism Broadcasting Network, that are big fans. And I also know outside of people on the network as well, There, you're going to find a, a person that appreciates Squirrel Girl pretty easily. Without any further ado, I'll go ahead and get into our first appearance. But, uh, you know, anything left unsaid on your guys' end before I jump into Marvel Superheroes number eight? Evan?
1: No, no, I, I think we're good. Let's uh, just let everybody experience it like Young, slightly dehydrated Evan did all those years ago.
2: (laughs) All right, Cole, you good? You ready? I am good. Let's look at this classic with some fresh eyes.
0: That synopsis is coming up, but first let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network, you can get a free 30 day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W the number 2M network for that free 30 day trial. All right, here we go. Marvel Superheroes number eight. Like I said, this dropped the cover date, January of 1992. Uh, So this issue had a few stories in it. We're obviously only going to be focusing on uh, the story that the story titled The Coming of Squirrel Girl. This was plotted, penciled and inked by Steve Ditko, scripted by Will Murray, Christy Scheel on colors and Brad Joyce, the letterer. So here we go. Deep in the woods, Tony Stark is testing out some collision avoidance radar on his suit when he is suddenly attacked by a young girl sporting a brown furry tail. She introduces herself as Squirrel Girl, and she is trying to show him how tough she can be in order to convince Iron Man to bring her on as a, his partner. She tells him she's a mutant, can do anything a squirrel can do, conceals a knuckle spike, has finger claws, can chew through wood. Obviously she has a tail, can talk like a squirrel, and talk to the squirrels. Iron Man tries to get her to talk to the X-Men. Looks Like, look, hey, check it out. Not me. You want to check out the X-Men. But Squirrel Girl's not having it. Iron Man finally rejects her but squirrel girl tells him that she actually fought a super villain earlier in the day and that villain has followed her to the forest it is dr doom so obviously a fight breaks out doom incapacitates iron man and calls down his doom ship bringing them all on board as iron man awakens he finds himself restrained and he asks squirrel girl for some help But then Doom's voice comes over the speaker and he lets them both know he has decided to crush them with a retractable moving wall. Boy, this is some villainy at its finest. (laughs) Squirrel Girl looks for a way to save them and finds a vent to the outside of the ship. Since they're not flying very high... She is able to call up her squirrel friends. Her best squirrel pal, Monkey Joe, arrives, and as Squirrel Girl tries to find a way to stop them from being crushed, the other squirrels are able to make their way through the Doom ship and cut the power, allowing Iron Man to break free. As Iron Man and Squirrel Girl get to the bridge of the ship, they discover Dr. Doom in agony, covered and squirrels doom hits an escape hatch falls to the ground and runs away through the forest and into a river iron man hops in to find them but they are only able to recover doom's mask squirrel girl still wants to be iron man's partner but he says he might be able to get a good word in for her with the avengers but in order to do that she has to finish school and graduate college squirrel girl agrees and heads back off into the
2: woods so there you go that is our first very first appearance of squirrel girl the best part about this comic is it plays it straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't, oh, here's Squirrel Girl, she's a big fat joke. It no. She she shows up, she displays her powers, and she defeats the villain in the end. It's like it is a superhero origin comic. Right. And with a ridiculous premise that they just roll with. And I absolutely love that. <laughs>
0: In the 90s, I lived through them. We all lived through them. One of the things I can say that I remember clearly is like Marvel is trying to. Let's just say they weren't shy of like cranking out some characters. So when Squirrel Girl hits the scene, I you know I, I think the first time I had ever heard of Squirrel Girl was probably probably prior to doing the podcast. That'd be like in the 2010s, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't reading a whole lot of comic books that would probably have featured her, and I wasn't reading Avengers or anything like that. Uh, I didn't know much about Great Lakes Avengers. I didn't know much about Well, she was a member of the Great Lakes Avengers at one point. Am I correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, She actually, uh, Dan Slott did uh, GLA, which came out after Bendis revamped new Avengers because the the first issue was a parody of that cover. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time she was seen uh, since that Marvel superheroes issue. Oh, seriously? Okay. At least least in my handy... uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and the Great Lakes Avengers trade. It goes straight from Marvel superheroes to GLA. Okay. All right. So Squirrel Girl
0: hits the scene and she's no Deadpool for me. She's no Cable. I'm sorry. She's no X-Man. You know, she's better. Okay. All right. I'm not here to debate (laughs) that. That's for sure. You know, they're throwing stuff out there as best as they can. That was kind of the impression that I remember when I read this first appearance, I was like, Oh man, they're just hoping something catches fire with this, with this maybe, maybe am I, am I wrong here, Evan? Or were they just like, okay, we're going to throw this out there and that's it. I know you said it had been a while before she reappeared. Like, do you know of anything, any plans for her like to show up and be used a lot more often than she was?
1: I, I had heard, and I, I, sh- I should have looked this up, so uh, somebody may be able to, to poke holes in this, but I'd heard at one point that Fabian Nicieza actually did plan to put her into New Warriors. Oh, okay. Um, it's supposed to be a little uh, romance with Speedball, if I remember correctly. Okay. And I don't know if that was ever followed up on. There is, She does have a Speedball poster, I think, in one of these issues. You know, Probably just her and Chris Bailey are the only folks that own that. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I do do remember hearing that that he planned to use her in New Warriors, but I, I don't think that ever came to fruition.
0: What do you think of her early look here? I mean, she definitely looks a lot—I'll uh, say a whole lot different. But she's got she's got a, a unique look to her compared to what we're about to get into in this uh, unbeatable Squirrel Girl series. Give me your thoughts on her uh, her appearance, her first
1: appearance. It's, it's it's definitely a unique look. You know, it's not not the comic book bombshell uh, you expect. But I mean, she, you know, she's what what she say? She's like fourteen or fifteen at this point. So uh, I'm I'm glad they didn't draw her that way. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, definitely. Um, an an interesting, distinctive look. And, you know, they kind of played this up you know, with her being kind of insecure, like she's she's pretty confident in her powers, but she gets made fun of. And so this is like her, you know, really trying to find her place. And she doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, she doesn't want to be an, an X-Man or, you know, doesn't want to uh, be identified as a mutant. Later, it's revealed she's not actually a mutant.
2: Legally distinct.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that had nothing to, at all to do with the situation where uh, mutants were the domain of another film studio Mm -hmm. Uh, total total coincidence there (laughs) right but cole called it uh yes doreen is medically and legally distinct from being a mutant and i can never take this back (laughs) (laughs) what what um, is what are you reading this from that would be unbeatable squirrel girl volume two number one which came out the same year as volume one number one got it yeah apparently that was marvel studios staking their claim to it and telling fox you can't have squirrel girl okay which honestly, just saying it like that instead of coming up with some convoluted plot like uh, they unmuted some other characters, is really the way to go. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'll agree. Well, what do you think of the issue
1: itself, Evan? I, I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know you mentioned some controversy, but and I know you know this is what we like to do as comic fans. But I'm here to tell you. It's not that unrealistic that Dr. Doom could beat Iron Man.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> uh, so, OK, so
0: Dr. Doom, one of the I mean, my goodness, the upper echelon of Marvel villains. And nowadays, if you talk to anybody off the street, the first person they're going to talk about is Thanos. But Dr. Doom's held his own for a lot longer than Thanos, in my opinion. So Squirrel Girl shows up, and I just want to say that the fact that she is able to best Doom, which really she doesn't, it's the fact the squirrels do. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't think she throw, I don't know if she throws a punch other than, I know she talks about beating him, running into him prior to the issue actually going down. But it's really the squirrels that get the best of them. And they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Squirrel Girl.
1: It it, it bears uh, saying that, and this is fleshed out on later, but she's not controlling these squirrels. You know, she is is communicating with them. In the later series, I don't know if it's specific here, the squirrels follow her because they like her. They trust her. Uh, And that becomes a big theme later is it's not just the powers, it's the kind of person she is that lets her be victorious in a lot of these different circumstances. How do you plan
2: for an army of squirrels? Think about it. How do you, how how do you, as Dr. Doom being Dr. Doom, how do you plan for, and then the squirrels are going to jump into my doom ship and uh, run all (laughs) over me and rip up my cloak. You don't because that's never going to happen. And here we are.
0: That's right. That's right. There's so, okay, look, I, I, where I live, we, uh, we have, uh, there are a lot of squirrels that run around this neighborhood and they are some of the most intelligent rodents. I don't know if they're actually rodents, but uh, you know, w- forgive me if I'm Dr. Wrong doom says they're rodents. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and go with that. And he's but, a doctor. <laughs> they are. I mean, they are very intelligent and they are very destructive. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that Dr. Doom's doom ship. Trust me. If a squirrel is inside, uh, you know, inside the vents or inside any of this st- that has anything that any wires whatsoever. Uh, and it ain't no wonder that's completely believable, <laughs>
2: completely believable. <laughs>
1: and it wasn't um, heavily armored. He, he said it was, you know, light to, to travel fast. So that's
2: right. I do like that. They run through iron man's little rogues gallery for a second, as they're trying to figure out who could be in green armor, green armor, titanium man. And then Dr. Doom shows up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right big heavy hitter mm-hmm. Evan, how about you man What what's left unsaid about marvel superheroes number eight it
1: just was a, a fun weird story and you know for, i remember going back and reading it a, a few times just you know squirrel girl was this this crazy character that they you know as far as i'm concerned plausibly had defeat dr doom mm-hmm. and uh you know they, they recovered the mask so it's not like it's a doom bot you know that that's usually the cop-out if dr doom does anything weird it's like oh, i was a doom bot and then just I I don't know it, it was need it was always this character that I, I just you know kind of enjoyed like hey I I found this one obscure issue and you know like none of my friends knew about it so it was it's kind of like it was it, it was it was my character but but it was still a still a curiosity more than anything else I loved the Great Lakes Avengers and I, I was excited to see her show up in that. You know, it wasn't until they they announced this this series that I I mean, it wasn't until the series that we're getting ready to jump into that that she truly unironically and unequivocally became my favorite comic book character.
0: I know that you did a little bit of homework there, Evan, to kind of bridge the gap between this issue and what we're about to get into. And specifically, and I don't want you, I know, I think you have this in your notes. You have to tell me what happens to Monkey Joe.
1: Okay, well, like like we said, she doesn't appear again until uh, GLA, which, you know, is sold and you know written as a comedy book but it also gets pretty dark and a recurring theme is that in every issue a member of the team dies and there was one issue where uh, they they played it up like it was dr doom uh, I won't I won't spoil spoil it if anybody wants to to read it but where a dr doom like figure came and exacted revenge on monkey Joe oh no mm-hmm <laughs> and then uh, the next issue opens squirrel girl kind of served as the the narrator doing the intro and the next issue opens with her in tears and flatman kind of describing but thankfully them not showing what happened to monkey joe
0: oh that's so sad. So sad. Yeah, I noticed that was the big, obviously the stark difference. One of the stark differences uh, between you know our first appearance, her her best squirrel friend, Monkey Joe, and then it's Tippy Toe. And I was yeah. like, well, why? What happened there? Okay, all right. Well, that's kind of sad.
1: So, yeah, but she she did hang around with the the Great Lakes team uh, through their various name changes, and there was a I think it was the GLX Christmas special, which which I I have not read. I didn't. Actually, uh, get it until I I snag this trade. I'm gonna do a blog on it someday. But um, nice. you know, they, they really leaned into the squirrel girl is extremely capable thing. Um, she has beaten Modok. Okay. There's a story where she beats Thanos, right? And so they, you know, uh, now the one uh, that that you and I uh, talked about with the thing, she helped the thing defeat uh, the bye Beast, which is not as impressive, but you know. <laughs> Still, she, she she uses a little ingenuity in that one. And then uh, the the next time I really encountered her was like Cole was talking about in New Avengers, where uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are are looking for a, a nanny for their daughter who can you know also take care of herself. They hired Squirrel Girl. Stuff happened. The Avengers reformed and moved around six thousand times. And apparently they moved out of the mansion and didn't tell Doreen she had to leave. Not so that. that's why. We see her uh, squatting in the attic in issue one.
0: Right. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll hop in. We'll hop into uh, the first two issues of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Now, I think this dropped in 2015, I want to say. 2014, 2015. Written by... Well, words by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, color art by Rico Renzi, and lettering by VCs Clayton Coles. Now, I'm going to stop real quick because, Evan, I believe you've mentioned Ryan North before. W- did you know about Ryan North prior to this series?
1: No, this this was my introduction to him, um, but, uh, yeah, it made me want to read a lot more. He does a webcomic called Dinosaur Comics that they still puts out new stuff on Twitter. Uh, near as I can tell, it's, it's the same series, series of images of dinosaurs talking about various topics and just changes the dialogue and it's, <laughs> it's pretty flipping hilarious. That is correct. It is always the same images, but with different subject
2: matters. That's yeah.
1: great. That's I know great. he's done, he's done a couple of like Shakespearean choose your own adventure stories. And he later did a, a, a choose your own adventure issue of squirrel girl. And then he's, he's written books like how, how to invent everything uh, in case, Jesse, you, you'll appreciate this in case you uh, are stranded in the past and some sort of time travel mishap uh, shows you how to invent everything you'll need to survive.
0: I, dude, that's awesome. Uh, wow. I mean, you are really flexing your writing skills when you just take the same images of something and add dialogue, the different dialogue to it over and over and over. Like that's that's a test. And yeah, uh, he's, pretty...
1: he's been doing it for years. You, you follow him on Twitter and and you, you can can see all this stuff. It, it's hilarious.
0: That's great. That is great. Cole, did you know anything about Ryan North before getting into this? Um, no, I I knew about
2: Dinosaur Comics um, because uh, a friend of mine had pointed it out to me and we, you know, shared it back and forth over the Internet and laughed our asses off. But <laughs> I didn't connect Ryan North to Dinosaur Comics. Until years later. No kidding.
0: Well, that's. Pretty um, cool.
2: So when I picked up this book, it was, as far as I knew, it was a fresh start to, oh, I'm going to see what this writer can do. And I, you know, really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Let's go ahead. We'll get into the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, like I said, first two issues.
0: And here we go. So uh, Doreen Green who is secretly, I uh, secretly, the unbeatable squirrel girl, is moving out of the Avengers attic, going to go to college for computer science. Gathering her belongings with the help of Tippy Toe, her squirrel friend, Doreen heads for the campus. On the way there, she meets a fellow student by the name of Tomas, or Thomas, who seems like a nice guy, and her roommate, Nancy. Unfortunately, her greetings are cut short when the villain, Craven has a run-in with Tippy Toe and aims to kill Doreen's furry pal. As the two begin to fight, Craven gets her name wrong multiple times until finally, Doreen gets the squirrels after him, giving her the chance to toss him in the air multiple times, pondering ways to defeat him. She finally decides... <laughs> She finally decides to just talk to Craven to find out what his issues are. Realizing Craven's only focus is to hunt big game, she consults her Deadpool's Guide to Supervillains collector cards and convinces him that he needs to go after some of the biggest prey out there the Atlantean beasts called Gigantos. And when I, I will tell you that at first I thought it was just Gigantos, like this was this only thing until I did some research. Gigantos are actually multiple things. Apparently it's a, they're, they're giant whales with arms and legs. So by the end of the issue,
1: Jesse, unlike narwhals, they aren't real.
0: (laughs) I, this is, you cannot be spewing these, these mistruths on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh
0: by the end of the issue Doreen finds she has a friend in Nancy but also the word is getting around the squirrel community that Galactus is coming in issue 2 Doreen is getting Nancy to go with her to orientation to maybe even sign up for some clubs. While there, they run into Thomas who, and as as he talks, <laughs> we learn that Doreen is very much smitten with him as she begins to wander about every facet of their possible relationship until Nancy finally pulls her aside, letting her know it is obvious Doreen is mad crushing on this dude. Suddenly, Tippy Toe comes to warn Doreen about Galactus getting closer as he's about two hours away from Earth. Doreen leaves orientation and heads to Stark Tower. Breaking in, she makes her way to the Hall of armor but unfortunately she is captured and thrown out of the building luckily though her squirrel friends were able to infiltrate the hall and they steal slash borrow pieces of iron man's armor and Doreen is able to reassemble it as she puts it together she says three words that Tony gave her. hilarious uh I have I actually I actually screenshotted this one Doreen is talking to iron man this is a flashback to like Marvel superheroes number 8 where she says I'm going to be your fighting part okay and Iron Man says remember this well Doreen I'm going to say no for some reason but secretly I totally want to say yes <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) Great. She gets the armor together, and there's three words that Tony gives her, and now she has her own suit of armor. So she's able to activate this suit of armor, fashioning a helmet and a hand together. Her squirrel pal Tippy Toe does have a suit, has a suit of armor as well. As the pair head towards the sky, Whiplash, the evil villain Whiplash, the evil Iron Man villain Whiplash, sees Squirrel Girl and thinks she's Iron Man, and attacks, bringing Doreen crashing back down to the ground, thus delaying her rendezvous or her inter uh, or. her, her being able to stop Galactus from destroying the Earth. And that is where we end issue two. So, Evan, we're going to start with you, man. So these first two issues of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, I mean, I, listen, I laughed and continued to laugh just about every other page. I was having a good time. What were your thoughts here, man?
1: You know, going going back and reading it, it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, re- reading this with hindsight is even more fun because there's so much stuff that gets set up there. Yes. That um, this series, even though because of Secret Wars, it had to restart with a new number one, essentially continued after the first issue for 57 issues and an original graphic novel. And there's so much stuff that is is set up in this tomas is going to be a major recurring character nancy is a vital part of the the book the fact that she's studying computer science i i I think that's a i think that's what ryan north majored in and that becomes i mean not just a a running reference but a, a plot point i mean uh there, there's an issue where uh, where she defeats a villain just using principles she learned in her computer science class. Nice, <laughs> you know. And and we're introduced to the notes that Ryan North puts at the bottom of the pages, right? Which I believe that's where we learned that Nancy's cat Mew Mew's name is short for Mewniere, <laughs> which is the ham the enchanted hammer wielded by Cat Thor in Nancy's Cat Thor fan fiction. Ah, uh, hilarious. Which, becomes a plot point in several future stories seriously
0: oh my gosh cat thor
1: is vital (laughs) that is great Uh, Craven. i mean this is not the last time we see craven in this this series I, i already petitioned mark he was looking for some uh some craven material for when the the craven movie comes out and uh whatever volume of Squirrel Girl it is where, well, one of the many times that Craven comes back, but when he comes back front and center, I, that, that's what I petitioned Mark to uh, put on the schedule. There is, or there would, there would seem to be some real conflict with how Craven is portrayed in this series and how he's portrayed in other titles. And that's addressed in some of the later stories. Really? The fact that <laughs> Squirrel Girl, you know, I mean, they, they have to have this respect. She considers Craven a friend and he's out here uh, being a villain. <laughs> there, there's a, The great moment when Squirrel Girl seems to be outmatched. I mean, you know, Squirrel Army victory over Doctor Doom and past uh, performance aside and it looks like Craven's handling her pretty well and he says uh, even before the curse, I was still empowered with the speed and strength of the most savage beasts imaginable. And Squirrel Girl goes, well, I got some bad news about that last one. So am I. Bites (laughs) through the net. And then, I mean, she goes toe-to-toe with Craven. Right. But then she finds a way to win without punching him out, which just becomes a fantastic recurring theme all throughout this this series without getting tired, without getting repetitive. I mean, there's there are villains she can't talk down. It, it's a really creative series, and I mean, I, I think I laughed out loud every, every issue.
2: You know, a writer really has to have something special to grab me from the jump. I usually give uh, a series that I'm going to read— Probably around five issues mm-hmm. to really like hook me. I was hooked on Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl series. I was hooked when she started singing her theme song at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, nope, I'm I'm on board. I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah. And like Evan was saying, you know, they do such a great job of showing that she is strong and she is capable and she is tough, but that she doesn't necessarily solve her problems in the stereotypical superhero way of, well, I beat up the bad guy and I win and I save the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important to her character that she thinks laterally and she... Approaches problems from a different perspective. It's what makes her unbeatable, as the title says. Right, right. So, um, just that, just that attention to detail, that, that level of confidence in the character. Which, let's be honest, completely unfounded. <laughs> we we all love Squirrel Girl. You know, she's a great character. But the the comic buying populace in general had no idea who this was. Right. And Ryan North comes out of the gate and is like, No, no, no. This is the character you're going to love. You're yeah. going to love this character the most. That level of confidence is amazing. Right. Well, I love the little vignette of um, where she's trying to figure out what she's going to do with Craven. Oh, yes. Uh, Do I put squirrels down his pants? No, that won't work. (laughs) Squirrels over the head. No, that won't work. What if I just throw him up into the air continuously for the rest of my life? No, that won't work. Loved it. Yep. That legitimately was my first note
0: here for my favorite moment was him. She's like, oh, just keep throwing him. And like every time he comes back down and she finally lets him down, he's like, you will suffer for that. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. when they're when they're looking through uh, orient- going to orientation and looking through the clubs that they could potentially join, I like how Nancy mentions the tattoo and Doreen starts trying to imagine what the tattoo is. <laughs> One of them mm-hmm. says, "I love my roommate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that speaks a lot about like, you know, it, this is obviously a funny uh, a funny book, but you can tell that Doreen just wants to fit in. And she just wants to. She wants to make those connections with other people. Kind of like I I can identify with that. with With her character, as jokey as she is, she definitely has the daydreaming side tour she gets lost and you know tomas who's talking there uh for quite a while and she just kind of gets lost in his words you know that's happened to me plenty of times where i'm just like sitting there thinking about other things while somebody else is rattling off probably important stuff i should be listening to the other thing that i had listed here was uh tippy toes iron man armor was hilarious uh the fact (laughs) it's just a helmet and a hand put together (laughs) (laughs) it's hilarious oh
2: i love that so you know i i love her storming iron man's hall of armor and the way that she like oh i've got to get past these lasers well i'll use these nuts and just the (laughs) the level of attention to detail i think is what i what i love the most about this book there's nothing that is left to chance it's it's not processed but it's very well plotted it's Everything is thought out. Every variable is addressed. Was that in yeah?
1: The- there's nothing that that goes just like, well, hey, uh, we're gonna make this work because it's dumb and uh, it'll be funny. Right. No. I mean, it's hilarious. It's not sloppy at all. It
2: treats the reader with a level of expected intelligence. It doesn't pander. It doesn't play down. It's like, no, no, no. We're gonna have these high concepts and these these thoughtful moments interspersed with completely ridiculous garbage and none of it is going to make the reader have to dumb down to get the joke right it's it's very respectful of you know you're you're reading a comic you're you're intelligent enough to put words and pictures together here's some funny stuff yeah Uh, was it in the first appearance
0: where did she have like a utility belt with nuts in it? Was it in that yes. first issue? Okay. In the first appearance in Iron Man, it's like, what do you have there? And she's like, oh, it's just extra nuts, man.
2: <laughs> she offers Iron Man some macadamia nuts for, uh, for energy. That's yeah. right.
1: Oh, it's great. One of my favorite parts is when, when tippy toes warning her about Galactus, I, I got to admit, I, I enjoyed, I laughed for the first issue. I don't think I was totally sold, though, as, as much as I laughed. It, it, it took it a little bit, well, not, not to entertain me, but to totally win me over. Right. But, but you know, because I'm thinking, like, okay... Right, the squirrels. know Galactus is coming, but Reed Richards and the event. Nobody else knows, you know. So I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that yeah. Brian North knows I'm going to think that. I mean, not right. me personally. And Tippy Toe says we're the only ones who know he's coming. Near as we can figure out, he's coming in with some sort of stealth field, so everyone else just sees the stars they're expecting. But he forgot to make it work on squirrel. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have an argument for that. <laughs> Because just, just like Cole said, you know, Dr. Doom made it, you know, planned for, you know, a large Rocky man to punch his ship for a really smart, stretchy guy, a guy who could shoot flames. He planned for all that stuff. He didn't plan for squirrels. Right. Galactus barely notices humans. Is he going to think about squirrels? <laughs> That's right. You know, so so I'm like, well, I don't know if I can really. And then, you know, you, you get to that. And it's like, well, I can't uh, for a minute say that Galactus would. Right. Uh, plan for small woodland creatures not to be able to see his ship. Exactly.
0: Could be a simple oversight. That's all it is. And, we do know that he can <clears throat> he can talk squirrel we find that out here in a little bit uh which is interesting um but i wanted to ask you real quick evan about the uh, extra stuff at the bottom of each page yes as we're reading who is who is narrating that it, who uh, is
1: that's that's ryan north
0: okay okay so I, that's ryan at first i was like i thought it was squirrel girl giving her commentary on the her own comic somehow
1: because <laughs> no, i was reading no, no, through no, that's just ryan okay all right then good enough he he, he actually I, I don't know if um what format you read it in, the hoopla one actually has the letters pages, which are another fantastic part of it. And you know, somebody said, "Hey, I, I like the notes down there," and he says, oh, "I just, I just uh, feel like you should get a little something extra in in your comics, where people can go back and find it." I, I'm not sure I noticed all of those when I was first reading through it. Um, I didn't. You know, soon, soon after, I mean, it, it's something you look for in every issue. that's occasionally you get a page that doesn't have it, and you're like, "Oh, come on!" I think he wrote an arc in the Jughead series. When Mark Wade kind of relaunched Archie, Erica Henderson that that does the art drew I think I think she drew like the first twelve issues, and Chip Zdarsky wrote the first story arc, and Ryan North wrote the second one, and he he threw those in um, on Jughead as well.
0: Okay. okay all right well evan you said you had some other possibly some other stuff to bring up there in regards to the first
1: two issues just the confidence that that squirrel girl has it's pretty gutsy to break into to the uh, avengers tower and then you think okay well she's overmatched no that that was her whole plan even when she loses she wins because she's (laughs) unbeatable she was just (laughs) distracting them while the squirrels carried out all all the components I, i i had down a Squirrel Girl is playing 4D chess while Stark security is just playing checkers. <laughs> I've heard some, some people say that that one reason they couldn't get into Squirrel Girl is cuz of the art. I'll be honest at at first blush and that that's one of the reasons I wasn't, you know, sold on I am buying this for as long as they make it no matter what. It's not bad. It's it's not the style that that I would have chosen, but a, as you read this, I mean it just it so perfectly fits the tone. Right, they did eventually have another artist take over. Who, I mean, ha- had his, Derek Charm, who had his own style. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was kind of the, the same feeling. By the end of this this first arc, I was sold on on everything the the writing, the the characters, the art. But you know, I, I understand some people saying I, I just don't care for the art because it's not it's not like if if I was reading um you know like a straight up Avengers title, I I don't know that I'd want to see that. Jesse, I know I know you're a Punisher fan. Actually, I, I kind of would be curious to see a Punisher story in in this art style. In but. this
0: art style, yeah, that'd be that'd be different. I
1: mean, <laughs> that maybe would maybe, be maybe different. one issue, but it just so perfectly fits the the tone and lets them do all kinds of stuff. There are serious moments in in this series often uh, accompanied by hilarious comedy still. I mean, they can give you the feels they, they can do all this stuff and, and still be hilarious, you know, on the level of Peter David, I wasn't sold on the art at first, but by the end of this, these first four issues, I, I, I completely was, I was totally right. Won over
0: right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It definitely fits right in there with the tone of the book but it's kind of got this you know this bubbly feel-good tone to it so you know it definitely uh,
2: it, it is right for Squirrel Girl Unbeatable Squirrel Girl I think it's honestly one of the book's greatest strengths it really gives you a sense that what you're reading is not like anything else that Marvel's putting out intentionally so I think that. They made the art so jarringly different while still evocative and still proportionate and still good art in comic format. Mm -hmm. But it's so different than anything else that Marvel's putting out. It puts you in the mindset of this is not your traditional superhero book. This is going to go places.
1: Right. In one of the uh, letters pages or, you know, additional materials, I mean, Erica Henderson talks about one thing that she at least got a chance to, to work on this book for was uh, uh, like a movie poster or something more realistic she'd done. It, it's a very intentional choice that she made to to draw it like this. You know, she she can, you know, I don't want to say tone it down, but, but she, she can make it a, a little more traditional. But th- this is what she went with. And she, you know, she was right. Yeah, right. Definitely.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll get into uh, issues three and four of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl as Whiplash. Remember, Whiplash showed up right at the end of issue two and attacks Squirrel Girl, believing she's Iron Man. So they get into a tussle. Whiplash and Squirrel Girl begin to fight. Doreen has to send the Iron Man suit off of her so that it won't get damaged as it, you know, it's the only way for her really to get to space to, in order to <laughs> save the world pretty much from Galactus. As Doreen keeps trying to explain to Whiplash she needs to get to space to fight Galactus, he just won't listen. Uh, grabbing her Deadpool's Guide to Supervillains Collector's Galactus card, she is immediately enraged when whiplash destroys it soon a horde of squirrels attacks whiplash even climbing into his mouth giving her the chance (laughs) giving her the chance to knock him out cold doreen gets more news from the squirrels that the campus bank is being robbed and she decides to head there which is just so hilarious like you know i gotta get the space i gotta get the space oh the bank's being robbed okay hold on a second (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so she heads to the bank and I think she even explains why, you know, oh, yeah. again, Ryan North is ahead of the game. Cause he knows you're going to question that. And he puts it in there as to why she does it. So she decides to head, head there, but just so happens. Nancy is there as well. Arriving, aiming to keep her secret identity. Doreen busts through the bank walls in an armor of squirrels. Doreen secures the scene Taking out the robbers, careful not to reveal her identity, but Nancy is able to recognize Tippy Toe as being the squirrel Doreen was seen with before. Doreen then leaves the squirrels to clean up the bank and grabs more Iron Man armor and heads to space. Ascending into orbit, she signals for Galactus to come out and face her on the moon, and Galactus abides. Talking with him. Squirrel Girl tells him she had defeated Thanos before, and Galactus laughs, not believing her. However, Galactus tells Doreen he likes her, even empathizes with Tippy Toe a little bit, but a dude's gotta eat. So he has to devour the planet. <laughs> uh, trying to think of any way to save the Earth, Squirrel Girl makes her way into Galactus's ship, the Star Sphere, and looks to hack into his computer system using that computer science that she knows a little bit of, I guess. She soon realizes that Galactus comes to Earth not to eat, but so that others try their best to find him other places to eat. This is an interesting concept. <laughs> Uh, she says she basically says you like come here so you can order out. S- so scanning the cosmos, Doreen finds the planet covered in nutritionally filled nuts, and finally convinces Galactus to go there and. Feast. Doreen and Tippy Toe join him, filling their bellies as well, and the trio head back to the moon and pass out in a food coma. Pleased, Galactus decides to leave, but before departing, he gives her a replacement. Deadpool's Guide to Supervillain's Collector's Galactus card. Back home, the squirrel armor is finishing up there, and Doreen realizes she is late for school. In class, Nancy lets her know she's aware Doreen is indeed Squirrel Girl, but it was pretty obvious, too. Uh, but afterwards, the two meet up, have a good time as. Nancy requests, specifically requests to be covered in the squirrel armor suit, and she loves it. And at the end of the issue, we see Whiplash still covered in squirrels in the middle of the park. And that is where we end issues uh, three and four of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. We open up issue three with what I love about issues three and four, and that's the Twitter conversation <laughs> that is happening <laughs> where Galactus, I think, I don't know if it's three, maybe it's four, where Galactus is like trying to say, hey, I'm covered to Earth. You guys all better get ready. Ah, uh, but guess what? I'm I'm in a ship that's cloaked. You guys ain't going to get this. But, oh, wait a second. Did uh, You guys probably think I just outed myself on social media, but nobody follows me. And then at the end, he puts <laughs> hashtag follow Friday, hashtag FF Galactus. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. So I'm already having a good time with this book. And then we open this up, the opening of three, and then the opening of four, which is just flat out hilarious where she's standing on Galactus in one page spread. And she takes a picture of herself. She's defeated Galactus. And at the bottom of the page, it says the end. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty funny. And then you sc- Go to the next page, and it's the letters page. And there's like two letters pages after that. And I'm like, holy crap, is that all this comic is? Of course not. But that was funny. That was a great gag. A lot of great gags throughout this book. But Cole, you're you're up, man. What, what do you think of these last two issues? What are your favorite parts? Go for
2: it. First of all, what stands out to me is... When Squirrel Girl is telling Galactus, you know, oh, I beat up Thanos, his first response is Thanos is a fool. And then she's like, yeah, me and Tippy Toe beat him up. And his response is, ha ha, what a tool. And I about died laughing. Galactus just calling Thanos a tool is quite possibly the funniest thing i have heard in a in a long time but right. um as far as these episodes go um or episodes as far as these issues go uh wish they were episodes right this would be a great animated series no kidding but they really did a good job of setting up the stakes and showing you that no this is serious business this is this is galactus this is the right. devourer of worlds that is coming to Earth and he's going to eat Earth and the only person that can stop him is Squirrel Girl. And then they do that unbeatable Squirrel Girl turn that they do so well over the course of the, what is 57 issues of the series?
1: 58. And 58. and the graphic novel.
2: Right. They do that Squirrel Girl turn where she comes at the problem sideways mm-hmm. and solves the problem the way that no one else could in a way that you would never expect. It just makes for amazing reading. Right, right. What I like about this is you know, Ryan North might be poking
0: fun at some people who had a problem with her beating up on Dr. Doom. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, how about Galactus? And everybody's like at that point, throwing their papers in the air, making right. memes out of themselves. It's ridiculous to even think about that, but it works. That's what's great about this is that it, it works. It's funny. Galactus, the way that he is portrayed normally in the Marvel super, you know, the Marvel universe, uh, you know, he's this big imposing figure and he's, you know, he, he's not going to talk to anybody, but what, what do you know? Galactus, or should I say gallon a <laughs> <laughs> Uh He has a personality. Look
2: out. Um, and, and, and I love it. I, I thought it was a great time. Just a series of moments, you know, her flagging down the starship with a big iron man hand and Hey, <laughs> right. down here. Um, okay. But not really the end. I right. um, just it's just a cavalcade of gag after, gag after gag after gag after gag, but it never gets tired. Right. Right. Because it's very intelligently told. It's very, very, I almost want to say methodically told where mm-hmm. everything is plotted down to the most minute detail of plausible deniability. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you're right about gag after gag you know i, I read this twice it was fun to go through because evan's like you got to pay attention to the stuff on the bottom and i wasn't paying attention to the stuff on the bottom mm-hmm. having it you know that adds that much more fun uh to what i'm reading the other thing that i had listed here one of the great things uh, the cover the cover to issue four i assume is the one that i was seeing i don't know if it was a variant or not but was it like in the Marvel superheroes vein of the arcade game. Oh, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite covers. Ever.
0: Oh, get it on a poster. I mean, that thing was awesome. Loved it. Um, I love seeing, you know, nice little throwback there.
1: So and That's Erica Henderson, too. I mean. Is you know, it really? Speaking of her versatility. No kidding. Wow. Yeah,
0: she pulls off that 16-bit or arcade look great. I basically did, like, my top gags. Slash moments uh, in my notes here. The chipmunk at the uh, at the get together beating up on Whiplash was hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and Jesse, that's not a throwaway line. Oh, that's great, Chipmunk Hunk. We we will meet Chipmunk Hunk.
2: That is a callback. That is a or, that is a or great. Perhaps callback.
1: we've already met Chipmunk Hunk.
0: Oh really? Oh goodness. Oh wow. Um, man. Oh man. I I felt rage as well when Whiplash. Sliced that collector's card in half. I was like, oh, no, you don't go doing that to somebody's collector's cards. You just don't do it. Uh, Poor, uh, well, I definitely understood why she got upset when uh, Whiplash slashed that card in half.
1: Evan Bevins, last two issues. What are your thoughts, man? Oh, so many the the twitter recaps that continues throughout the series and not only are they hilarious but most if not all of the accounts on there were and some may still be active twitter accounts <laughs> Uh, They they had a running thing and I don't know if it was Ryan North. I don't know who was answering them, but if you tagged squirrel girl with a picture of a squirrel on Twitter, she will name the squirrel and tell you about its personality. (laughs) That's Er, awesome. Early on in the pandemic days, uh, my daughters and I took a picture of a squirrel out on their swing set, and we, we tagged the Squirrel Girl Twitter account, and I believe this was after the series had ended, and th- they responded and said uh, that was uh, Admiral Roundhouse, and her hobbies uh, include rest and relaxation.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: And my, when, when my kids see a squirrel outside, they still say, oh, is it Admiral Roundhouse? <laughs>
0: that's awesome you know that's adds a whole new dimension to the interactivity of a great new character a fun character and you know it, social media I mean it, it Sometimes it can be used for good, believe it or not, and entertainment. I should say, yeah, that's that's really cool.
1: Um, just uh, in in issue three, um, aside from the the chipmunk hunk uh, thing, um, you know, we we get to see we get to learn a little bit more about Nancy and see that while she doesn't necessarily have superpowers, she is equipped with withering sarcasm. She talks oh, yeah. to the robbers when squirrel. Oh, the the moment you were talking about, you know, when Squirrel Girl is trying to decide, hey, I've got to get to the moon, but there is a. Uh, you know, there's a bank being robbed. What am I going to do? You know, Tippy Toe says, hey, we don't have time. We've got, If we don't, if we stop that robbery, then Galactus makes it to Earth and everybody dies anyway. And she says, we don't stop that robbery. Then we're saving a planet where crime pays and the hostages get shot. No, that's not how it's going to be. And I mean, anywhere else, that's that's just too cheesy. Mm-hmm. But Ryan North and Erica Henderson make me buy it. Right. You know, they they get to the moon, facing off with with Galactus and Tippy Toes. Like, hey, I'd, I'd just like to take this moment to remind you that it's just you and me, the squirrel with no powers, against Galactus. And Squirrel Girl says, "I know," and honestly, it doesn't seem fair for him. I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's great just fantastic and then you know we get get to issue four I mean the letter page thing was beautiful right something I really liked and I I meant to look this up but Squirrel Girl and Tippy Toe talk about the idea that Galactus appears differently to Mm. different beings you know so we get Tippy Toe's perspective where he looks like a giant squirrel Mm-hmm. And I know as much fun as I was having, there was a part of me that was going like, yeah, but I mean, Galactus sitting there, calling Thanos a tool, chit chatting with squirrel girl, having an old, uh, old school keyboard. I, I don't know, it's funny, but but how does this fit in with, with the rest of the Marvel Universe? Where does this fit in in continuity? You know, the comic fan issues, and yeah. then, you know, they, they had that explanation. Well, Galactus is so big and so powerful that people see him in different ways, and at some point in this issue, I remember very clearly thinking, I don't care how this fits with Marvel continuity, Marvel continuity needs to fit with Squirrel Girl.
0: Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: I it just I mean so so many great lines, you know, they're they're trying to figure out what to do with Galactus and the power of cosmic, and Tippy Toe goes, I know, let's steal some of the power of cosmic and then bury it in the ground for when we need it later. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, she's a squirrel. You know, or when they're talking about Thanos, <laughs> she says, you know, half goth because he's big into death, but half hipster because he makes his own gloves. <laughs>
0: That's great jokes, man. And, I mean, that is good stuff.
1: But but then also, again, when she's trying to figure out how, how can I beat Galactus? I mean, she's been talking, hey, I'm going to go beat up Galactus. But, you know, she realizes that that's not going to work. And so she tries to see his, his perspective. Again, she says nobody thinks of themselves as the bad guy. right? And it's like, no, this is a goofy comic where they move the letters page around and, Squirrels crack jokes about Thanos, and you shouldn't be telling me things that legitimately apply to life in in something like this. Right, right.
0: And that's that's brilliance on the part of Ryan North uh, of getting, you know, being able to balance that because you're right. There's it's a tough thing to balance the, I guess, cheese, if you will. I mean, you're having a good time with this. It's not overly cheesy, but my goodness. I mean, you could say that we're, we're having a lot more fun than we would be if we're reading Civil War 2. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just that's just the way it is. You've got to balance that uh, and, and make it actually seem legitimate and have those moments where you're like, well, okay, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can see what he's saying here. There's, there's actually something here that he's saying that you know applies to me or the world. I so mean, yeah,
1: that's good stuff. I've, I've said to people in, in describing this, and I, I, I talk way too much about this series but it's just i've said you know squirrel girl she she can beat these guys but that's not what she's about she she wants to help people and there's times where it almost veers into after school special territory or a very special episode but it's always done with such like cole said confidence and sincerity Mm -hmm. i mean as much sarcasm and just absurd comedy is in there there is there is such sincerity under underlying all of this. Yeah.
2: Well Cole, I want to go ahead and give you the opportunity to go first here. What are your final thoughts? Some teasers. Squirrel Girl is not the only game in town. You will you will believe in multiple innocuous animal themed heroes. <laughs> Alright then <laughs> um you will believe that the Savage Land can be funny. Oh, all right, all right. And you will believe that a squirrel can fly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Um, but no, my final thoughts on the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl as we end the first trade and begin the greater resurgence of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl after Secret Wars. This series is special. There are a lot of comics that I really enjoy. There are a lot of comics that are guilty pleasures or, you know, I like for the wrong reasons or I enjoy because... Of a specific facet. There is nothing about the 58 issues of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl that I don't wholly and unironically love. This series is crafted with such care and such wit and such confidence that you can't help but fall in love with these characters and their adventures and try to see a four-color world through the eyes of an optimist like Doreen Green.
1: Okay, all right. Evan, what are your thoughts, man? Just, I mean, it's, it's the beginning of my complete favorite comic series of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is, I don't think there was an issue that I did not laugh out loud at. There was never a time that I sat down to read it and didn't get up in an even better mood. I mean, I, I remember years ago there was, and I won't bash anybody's favorite comic, but there was a series that I've been collecting for years, two of them, I was excited. They brought some new writers on and it just wasn't landing for me. And I'm like, I've been buying this for years and every time. And I mean, maybe it's because I take my comics too seriously, but I'm in a slightly worse mood every time I finish an issue of this. Mm. You know, I I was like, well, that was, that was irritating and I'm shelling out money for this. Um, Yeah. And so eventually I was just like okay, you know, I can 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 let it go. But uh I mean, Squirrel Girl is just you know, it's nothing we haven't already said. It's intelligent, it's hilarious, it's optimistic, and it does all that without it, it does all of that without sacrificing any of the other any of the other qualities. You know, it's it's intelligent, it doesn't insult your intelligence. Yet it's op- it, it's optimistic. It doesn't you make things work out just because it wants things to work out. It's hilarious, laugh out loud, funny. But it doesn't go for I don't want to say the maybe the the easy laughs, but it doesn't. It's not mean spirited. It doesn't, uh, you know, go for the lowest common denominator. It's a, it was an absolute blast to read. Um, you know, some of the some of the things coming up. I mean, Cole hit a lot of the the highlights. But I mean, you'll see you'll see villains like Ultron. You will see Doctor Doom again. Mm-hmm, great. You will see that Squirrel Girl is perhaps better at time travel than anybody in the Marvel Universe.
2: Oh, I'm hooked. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh just oh, also Jesse, another one to uh, to get you excited. You will see Mojo 2.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, a mojo <laughs> 2 appearance, count me in.
1: Lo- loads of fun uh, squirrel girl did branch out a little into the wider marvel universe um she does show up in the pages of was it new avengers volume four or five or eleven d2 i don't know <laughs> but she she does uh, wind up on sunspot's team of avengers through a couple yeah, volumes
2: the u.s avengers too
1: yes I don't want to say nobody else can can write Squirrel Girl, but um, nobody quite writes her like, like Ryan North does. But there is a great moment in New Avengers where they're fighting um, the new Revengers, including Vermin, the uh, Spider-Man villain that kind of looks like the werewolf by night but doesn't have pupils. And he's controlling a bunch of rats. Tippy-toe and the squirrels get the rats to stand down and go on strike once they explain the, what the working conditions with Squirrel Girl are like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh and, and that
1: that was that was in an al ewing issue of new avengers and that was that was great because it was hey it's this this squirrel girl is, is is having an effect on the the wider marvel universe at least yeah. in, in this one instance that's fantastic well so we'll w- go ahead. Um, you know, we don't have to record this part, but uh, once we wrap up and do the plugs, Cole and I can give you schedules because I think there's like what twelve or thirteen volumes. So you know, we'll we'll get it all. Go ahead and line them all up, right? Go ahead, Just one all. after the other. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're definitely coming back and doing volume two. I mean, I had so much fun with this uh, series and you guys have everybody's praised the character. Everybody's praised the series. I have no problem going back and, and hitting volume two at some point in the future. So, yeah, Squirrel Girl volume one or trade paperback one, whatever this is. We have covered it and we look forward to coming back and talking more Squirrel Girl at some point in the future. So with that being said, let's go ahead. We will get into plugs. Hey, it's plug time, and you all know what that means. This would be a good time to plug the sponsor of the W2M network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of source material, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else. You write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com w2mnetwork. Again, that's getgrammarly.com w, the number 2, network to download Grammarly for free. So, Cole, you got anything going on uh, nowadays that you'd like to plug, sir?
2: Uh, well, as always, you can find me uh, primarily over on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash thefilmtwit, where I am a, uh, a very small video game streamer. But we have fun. My tagline is... I play whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> um, so that just sort of gives you an idea of what's going on there. You can also find me on Twitter at the same, uh, twitter.com slash thefilmtwit, at thefilmtwit as you were. Other than that, that's that's what I've got. All right, love it. Evan Bevins, tell me all about it, buddy. What's going on?
1: Well, you can uh, find my musings on comics and movies and... Comics About Movies, Movies About Comics, and uh, The Washington Commanders um, at uh, asterisk51.blogspot.com. One day when I complete that run of Super Pro, we'll we'll do a read-through of that and uh, combine my uh, football nerddom and comics nerddom into one uh, sparsely read series of articles.
0: (laughs) All right. So for Cole Marantet, for Evan Bevins, for myself, Jesse Starcher, we'll be talking to you soon. Chickity chick, 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 chickity chick. Have a good one. Bye bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.